tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. Hey, 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 it's your girl, Carla Renata. At the Curvy Critic, Black Hollywood Live, this is the 100th episode, Woo! y'all. 100 episodes, and my girl, Jasmine Simpkins. Is he joining me from Hip Hollywood, Strange, Strange? No, Strange to you. One hundred <laughs> episodes, girl. That's like syndication on television. You made it, honey. I cannot believe. I know this is fabulous. I'm so I'm happy. Like I'm so humbled and grateful and overwhelmed and I'm really excited that you came to do this with me today. I was trying to get some you know snacks and stuff but we had to do that another time. Yeah we'll have cocktails afterwards. <laughs> yes. You know we were good for a cocktail and a kiki. Oh, you know we but, are. But something in my spirit I didn't even know it was your 100th episode and oh. remember I just called you the other you did. night. You didn't know that when you I called me. I didn't know me. and I was just like let me call my girl Carla. I was like let's do something on Sunday because yep. we both realized we didn't have Tickets to the Oscars, you know, but that's yeah, it's we're all not good. bitter. Yes, we are. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. We don't like you, Oscars today. Whatever. We are um, not happy with the Academy, but whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, we'll take an apology. Uh, space on the carpet next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hashtag that part. Yes, but I said, "Girl, let's do something," and then you said, "It's my one hundredth episode. episode," and I was like, "Look at God." Yes, I mean, I remember when I came to Daryl and Kevin Undergaro and I was like, listen, you know, I'm a film critic. I don't see anybody like me doing this. Can we try this? And they were like, yeah, okay. And 100 episodes later, here we are. And I started out with Scott Menzel doing yeah. it and then he abandoned me. <laughs> you had to go solo like Beyonce. He abandoned fine. me. He went solo, so play sales. And so then I was left here solo, but I'm grateful for that because it helped me conquer a fear of mine of doing this kind of thing by myself. Like, I can be on the red carpet all day long running my mouth because I'm surrounded by people. Yeah. But yeah. this is a very different thing to be in a studio, you know, talking on a microphone and going, oh, hey, how y'all doing? Like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a different kind of Well, you've been doing animal. a great job. People have been tuning in for, they obviously... Have. 99 plus 100 episodes today, so... Yes, and my boy, Michael B., one of my standbys, he is in that chat room. I love you, dog. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. You're always there. I love that. So let me just talk about how my week went, and then I'm going to ask you about how your week went. Okay, let's um, do it. This is the thing. I (laughs) went to the Independent Spirit Awards last night. Yes, you did. And... I had never been. Had you been before? I've only covered the carpet, so I've never been inside. Okay. So they gave me the they gave me the the choice to not cover the carpet. Well, they said I could cover the carpet if I wanted to. And in my gut, I was like, I just feel like that's gonna be like an Oscar carpet. I felt like it was gonna be long, it's yeah. gonna be packed, and I just didn't feel like fighting people in here. Right, right. So I was like, nah, I'll pass, but I would love to be in the press room. And they had like this little tent press room. It was real cute and very yeah. comfy. Yeah. People were sitting on the floor. The Independent Spirit Awards is very Chillax, like is. nobody is taking anything serious. They're that is like, what I noticed in right? the two times that I've covered that the carpet. It's not. It's not a lot of hoopla. Stars do like to stop and talk. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a different energy, I think, with that particular award show over yeah. some of the other ones. Yeah, they just they just don't care. <laughs> 
they're like award season is over as of tomorrow and you know it's gonna be whatever it's gonna yeah, be yeah. so they're like okay but it was very chillax like you literally could have just ran around that room and talked to anybody that you wanted to and you yeah. know that I did and yes, just had did. and just had a good time I you, saw the photos you, you had did, a good time yeah I saw my I saw my friend well I rode over there with my friend Yvette Nicole Brown we rode over together and then because she had some place else to go so I'm like well I'll ride with you and then I'll take her Uber home and so I rode with her and then once we got inside um I saw Octavia but I didn't even see her at first like I saw her standing next to somebody else that I was trying to get to yeah and she was like um hello I was like oh girl I didn't even see you (laughs) it was pure comedy but yeah I saw Chinoya Chukwu the director and writer of Clemency which Mm -hmm. was a film that I had been championing here you and that, I both that got no yeah. love, and I was really upset yeah, about that. Yeah, I was that. upset about that too. Um, I saw Julius Ona, who was the writer and director of Loose, another film that I was championing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Spike Lee was in the house. Yeah. His wife Tanya was in the house. J Lo was in the house. Like anybody and everybody was there. Robert De Niro was there. It was it was cool. It yeah. was cool. Yeah. But what I loved <laughs> what I loved most about it is that. <clears throat> The big winners were people that hadn't won anything all season long. Yeah. So the big winners were Lulu Wang for The Farewell for Mm -hmm. Best Feature. Mm -hmm. And she was like, she spoke to women directors and how, you know, people say what they say about female directors. And she was like, look, just give us the effing job. Yeah. Like, just give us the job and we'll work it out. And then the... Uh, and the two other best moments of the night were when um, the Softy Brothers won for Uncut Gems, mm-hmm. and they talked over each That's other. That's a film I've been talking about, too, that Me I think too. was so good this year. Me, too. The latter part of the year, but I, yeah. it got no love. It, it got, got no, no love. love, and Adam Sandler didn't get any love, either. And they were talking over each other in their acceptance speech, and then, of course, Adam Sandler won Best Lead Actor of the Night. He got a standing ovation. And he was up there doing his shtick, you know, talking in voices yeah. and everything. But the funniest thing he said that made me laugh out loud is when he said, I just want to, you know, shout out my fellow nominees because from this point on, you got, you are going to ev- forever be known as that dude that lost to Adam yeah. Sandler. When you wake up in the morning, you can be like, damn, I lost to Adam Sandler? I hollered. And then Renee Zellweger won for, for, Judy. for Judy, yeah, which, I mean, is probably, you know, a given that she's probably going to win for... Um, Judy again tonight at the Oscars while they're going on. But we already have a winner. So as the show is going on, we'll tell you guys about the winners that yes, we have. Yes, yes. And thus far, Best Supporting Actor went to Brad Pitt. No yes, surprise no there. No surprise there. No surprise yeah. there. And congratulations, Brad. Because, yeah, you know, he's this is his the, seventh nomination. It's been his seventh nomination. And he's been kind of the darling this award season. You know? You know it's kind and of I, the resurgence, too, of Brad Pitt, the actor. We hadn't seen him yeah. in, in any roles like this. Yeah. You know, that were nominated and worthy of sorts, some would say. Yeah. So, so um, I'm and, really happy for him, and he seems happy every time oh he wins. He seems like he's really Look, happy. He looks like he is having the time of his life, yeah. and I am so not mad at him. I, um, I think this was the perfect time in his life for this to happen. Mm-hmm. I think had it happened earlier in his career, he may not have appreciated yeah. what it is and what was happening to him the way that he does now. But you know. He he's holding it down. It's all good. Yeah, it's, it's all, all good. good. He's he's definitely a really nice guy. Actually, I ran into him in the hallway. Oh no! At the Golden Globes, we were backstage. 
uh, in the press room, and it was right after he won, and he was making his way. I had gone to the bathroom. Girl, he was making he his fine way. As you say? Girl, and he's taller than I thought. <laughs> but I was I was coming out of the bathroom, trying to hurry up to get back into the press room, and uh, he was coming on through, and he just kind of looked over at the same time that I was coming out, and he was like, "Hi," and I was like, "Hi, congrats." And another girl that was coming out behind me swooped right behind me and was like, "Can I get a selfie?" Uh, I was like, girl, I was like, I was trying to have my moment real quick. You just messed up my moment, but that's okay. That's That's all right. She had her selfie, though. Well, and then I have to shout him out because he's a Missouri boy, like, I'm not a Missouri boy, but I'm from Missouri. So he's, yes, you are. He's from, a fellow. He's Missourian. a fellow Missourian. So and he's from that country part of Missouri too. So I'm like close to the Ozarks. So I'm like, all right, Brad Pitt, you do you, boo, do you? Um, somebody says, should there be an alternative venue for folks to see the films you recommend? Um, there. I don't know about. I don't know what you mean, Michael B. By alternative venue, but a lot of people have screening parties. A lot of people will go to um, art house films, art house films, art house theaters to see some of these films that I talk about, mm-hmm. especially the ones that I see in the um, the film festivals. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I can tell me what film specifically you're talking about, and I can tell you where to go see it. Um. Really exciting, and we both caught this before the show started. Mm. Was seeing Billy Porter and Janelle Monet. Oh my God! On the stage, opening up the show. I know there's been so much talk about the lack of diversity in the nominees Mm -hmm. this year, uh, but I think the Oscars. This was their their way, sort of, kinda of trying trying to to get it together, feel inclusive, at least (laughs) where the show was concerned. Mm -hmm. And so having those two, uh, and the and talk about representation. You know, hold that, hold the horses. Hold the phone. And we're going to talk about this. But one of my favorite, favorite, my face is hurting from smiling. (laughs) One of my favorite short documentary films that I have talked about here till I was blue in the face. Hair Love just won the Oscar. Oh, my gosh. Yes, Yes. Matthew Cherry. Yes. yes. Oh, that's so amazing. So, like I said, we'll talk. But when I get get some results, I'll let y'all know. Oh, that's that's awesome. Okay, so side note, sidebar. I told Matthew Cherry that I was good luck for him because I interviewed Peter Ramsey a lot during the Oscar season mm-hmm. with um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and he won the Oscar. Yeah. So when I found out that Peter Ramsey was also teaming up with Sony to help Matthew Cherry promote Hair Love, I'm like, you know I'm your good luck charm, right? You know you're going to win the Oscar because yeah. you're talking to me, right? Right. I'm just saying, do you believe me now? I know that you do. <laughs> I love that. I really, I was really um, excited when I saw that he was nominated because I just love the story mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm happy that those in the Academy saw that this story was worthy mm-hmm. of a nomination and mm-hmm. understood the importance of it, especially when it comes to our culture and mm-hmm. young black girls and the story of this father um, and this young girl. I just thought it was such a sweet, touching story. So I'm so, so, so happy for him. And I was just saying to our producer, Josh, before we went on the air, this is a story, see, a lot of people were making the mistake of talking about hair love like it was only a African American story. No. This is a story for any dad. Yeah. Any dad who has had that challenge of trying to comb his daughter's hair without the assistance of a mom or another woman yeah. around. That's what this film is about. It's not specific to color. It's specific to dads. And dads don't get no love. Like the only the only time dads get any love is like Father's Day. Yeah. And we be half stepping with that. So yes, I'm so glad Matthew Cherry got some love. While we on that subject, I want to just talk about this real quick. <clears throat> so I brought this this Hollywood reporter in with me today because they have this big article about 
and the the title reads Hollywood's Black Hair Problem. We've all cried tears in our trailers. So I was saying mm. that a while ago, Yvette Nicole Brown put a thread on. Um, she did on Twitter. She did. Where she, I don't even know how it started, but she and Yvette Nicole Brown has been here before. You guys, we we're friends. We talked about this, but she was here, and they were talking about. Um, how when you go on a set, how there aren't people on set ready to talk about, not talk about, to be able to handle black hair because our hair comes in all different types of textures. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have like really crazy curly hair. If you put the wrong kind of heating yeah. instrument on my hair, it'll burn my hair right up out of my head. So a lot of times I will wear a wig because yeah. if they mess up the wig, I can buy another one. Right. But if they burn the hair out of my head, I you know... That's going to, yeah. if it grows back at all, mm-hmm. that's that's an issue. Yeah, yeah. So um, she had this thread, and then uh, I think, who was it? Um, Patricia Arquette jumped in the thread and was like, well, what do we have to do to make this happen? I was like, oh, oh, oh. Right, I'm right. Like, well, okay, Patricia Arquette. I love Patricia. <laughs> She's always ready for the movement. Look. Yeah. She jumped up in that thread. She was like, um, so how can we make this happen? I'm like, well, okay, all right, girlfriend. Yeah. All right. Um, but. But there's this huge article. It's in the February 5th edition of The Hollywood Reporter. And it talks about um, Gabrielle Union's situation where, you know, it it is believed or alleged that she was fired from America's Got Talent because her hairstyles were considered too ethnic. You know, I've been on sets where when I had dreadlocks, I remember when I had dreadlocks down my back and I would show up into a hair and makeup trailer and they would go, how do you, well, how do you style your hair? What do you do? Mm. And then I would literally sit in the chair and style my hair and they go, okay, that looks good. That's great. Thank you. Right. Yeah. So I basically, you're getting paid to do what I just did for you. And the same thing goes for makeup. Like I've, I've had people put makeup on me that's 10 shades lighter than what I am. And then I go on camera looking like a raisinette. Yeah. I'm like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Yeah, the makeup issues are still um, problematic. <laughs> it's real. Especially. And also, too, because now we have so many great products created by women of color. So yes. you've got Fenty. Yes. You've got um It's Iman. not a fashion fair yes, world that, anymore. Yeah, so you've, got, you've also got... Uh, products created by black women that can be brought into the makeup rooms mm-hmm. um, that I really do think those conversations don't need to be had so that we aren't the ones that get the short end of the sticks. Because right. even as of recently, when I've been on, um, gone into certain, you know, news organizations as a contributor and they have Does a Does that happen to you too? Oh gosh, I had a lady almost take a whole mole off my face and she didn't realize it was a beauty mark. Oh, she thought no. she had gotten glue from the, from, um, attaching an eyelash. So yeah, oh, they, no. I've had some traumatic times in a makeup chair and also have looked at myself and been like, who is this <laughs> casket ready lady? Cause I mean, I was just so ashy. Too li- oh, yeah. And that's a whole nother problem. But yeah. I did want to bring that up. But what I also want to bring up about since we were on the subject of hair love, but what I also want to bring up is that in this article at the bottom of the article, they have five salons in LA that they're recommending that people of color go to. Interesting. Yeah. And the name of the salons, let me shout them out. One is called, uh, or one place is called Dr. Carrie Williams. Yeah. It's 151 South Doheny Drive in Beverly Hills. Um, Hills. She specializes in braids, twists, locks, cornrows without chemicals. Her clients have included Tessa Thompson. Um, also in Beverly Hills is Emmy-winning stylist Kaya Wright. Yeah, it's my friend. Shout out <coughs> Kaya Wright. Kaya Wright. Her place is called Muse, M-U-Z-E Suites, 8383 Wilshire Boulevard. Um Ava DuVernay and Angela Bassett are fans of Mid-City's I Love Lulu Hair Spa yeah. at 733 South La Brea. They do scalp health, things like that. Studio City's Capella Salon at 1293 
Ventura Boulevard, and Stylist Lee, whose clients have included Laverne Cox and Tyra Banks. Now, I know I was talking really fast, and I might be hard to catch it, but if y'all go and grab the February 5th issue of The Hollywood Reporter, it, all of that information is in there, but I just wanted to make y'all aware of it because that's something that folk need to know. They do. But you know, black women, we don't have a hard time figuring <laughs> out where to get our hair done. Oh, I no. mean, because I could be we'll at a Target, I could be at the doctor's office, mm-hmm. and if somebody has a cute hairstyle, braids, I don't mm-hmm. care what, I'm like, girl, who did your hair? Right. Who Before did your I hair? leave, I'm going to get yep. the phone number. Get the number, yep. And my recommendation, we will work it out, we in, will a work it out in a heartbeat. We will work it out yeah, in a heartbeat. But thank you, Hollywood Reporter, for um, that. Michael B. in the chat room says, <laughs> Michael B. in the chat room says, should black actresses request their own stylist when they get hired? See, now this is the problem, too. When you're a black actress on a show, if you're not the star of the show, they don't have the budget for you to be hiring somebody else to come in to do your hair. And they won't do it. So if you do it, you're doing it at your own peril and at the risk that you might get fired. So unless you're a series regular and you have something like that put in your contract, it's just a problem. But it's an ongoing problem and it's a union problem. Because basically the hair and makeup union... Which I think is under IIC too, aren't they under IIC too? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> it's a, a it's a certain number union under IIC. They just need to get it together because if the shoe was reversed, that black person that's in the hair and makeup trailer wouldn't be there. And yeah. I can I can name I can name five in on one hand in the twenty five years I've been doing this five. Wow, I'm just saying. Wow. Whole wow. other situation. All right, so let's talk about the photograph. Let's talk about the photograph. So the Uh, photograph is this film that is written and directed by Stella McGee for Universal Pictures. It kind of, and it stars Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. And this is, I think, this isn't like a romantic lead first thing for Lakeith. It it is right. No, not for Lakeith. Lakeith's actually he actually starred in a really (laughs) cute Netflix film, and I'm forgetting the name, but it was. Gina Rodriguez, DeWanda Wise. Mm. Yes. You remember that movie? I remember that movie. Yes. I forget the name of it. Yeah, I do remember that and movie. And that was a romantic comedy. That was a and romantic he, comedy. And he was the lead. I mean, That's he, right. he played That's right. uh, Gina's love interest That's in that film. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he's yeah. done He's done romantic film, or at least played uh, something similar to this. Yeah. Not so, to mention he's just a brilliant actor. I, I've been a fan of Lakeith for a very long you. time, so I knew he could pull this off. You are not alone in that. Yeah. I'm just like, he is just... To me, there's just nothing that he can't do. Yeah. There's nothing that he can't do. He's he's a brilliant actor. But this film, for the two of them, yeah. is just... Amazing. I want to... Sh- it's wanna like... Sh- you know what it's like? It's like... Um, it reminds me of Love Jones. Like, it's, it has that Love Jones vibe It does. It. And it if does. y'all haven't... If you've seen Love Jones, Love Jones was like... This really cool, funny, fresh film back in the day had Nia Long in it, Bill Bellamy was in it, Lorenz Tate, Lisa Nicole Carson, um, what's my boy from um, Grey's Anatomy? Isaiah Washington. Oh, yes, yes. Like, it, the cast was insane, but at the time that they made this movie, all of them were unknowns. At the time yeah. that they made, Like, I think of the two, of the ones that were in the movie, I think maybe Nia Long. Yeah, because she had done Boys in the Hood. And, and she Lorenz had done, Tate, Tate yeah, had, had done some... Menace to yeah, Society. Yeah, he had done... They like, had done they had some, done a little bit where yeah. you were like, okay, okay. But it it had this Love Jones vibe. It was funny. It was... It, her character is extremely complicated. Yeah. And it shows how... And, and what I really loved about it is that it showed how, for for once on film, 
it's not the guy kicking the girl to the curb. It was the other way around. And it was because she was having some issues. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I've been a fan of Stella McGee's storytelling since Gina the Jones, Joneses, which was a film she did uh, that debuted at the Toronto Film Festival in 2016. I interviewed her then. It starred mm-hmm. uh, really quickly Sherry Shepard mm-hmm. and... Um, uh, uh, Taylor Page. Was, I love Taylor. Yeah. Taylor's in Zola. Yes. So, um, <laughs> really great film. Uh, she went on from there to do another film called Everything Everything, which had Amandala Steinberg and mm-hmm. um, and Anika Noni Rose. Oh, okay. Which was this very sweet story about a mother and a daughter and the relationship that they had um, centering around an illness, but it was such a sweet story. So I knew when I saw her name attached to this film that it was going to be well written, mm-hmm. that it was going to be well directed. She loves to take um, music and and infuse it into her work in such a sweet way. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why this is also reminic, rem, reminiscent mm-hmm. of Love Jones because there's this bluesy, jazzy element to the film. Obviously because it's uh, the flashbacks take you to the 80s, <laughs> which was such a cool time. Yeah, for music, yeah. For music, uh, a lot of Shaka Khan, uh, a lot of Stevie. And so what I when I went down to look at my phone, I wanted to shout out this actress though because in the flashback scenes, the two actors who play... Um, uh, Issa's mother and another man in mm-hmm. the film. We won't give too much away. Mm-hmm. So Elon Noel mm-hmm. and Shantae Adams, I wanted to mention their names because they are so brilliant. Yes, and, and Shantae do... Adams, y- y'all will remember from Roxanne Roxanne exactly. on Netflix. She played... Um, Roxanne she, Shantae. She played Roxanne Shantae. Yeah, they are, they definitely, I would say this is, the, the film definitely has half and half. You're going to get a lot of them as uh, their storyline and then a lot of Issa and Lakeith, but I don't want them to be forgotten because Shantae is yeah. brilliant. Brilliant. She's excellent. In this, she's she plays excellent. her in the flashbacks. Yeah, she's, she's really so great. She's a really well-rounded, gifted actress. I I enjoyed her yeah. so much in this. Yeah, film. and the supporting cast really quickly too. I love Little Rail and yeah. Tiana Parrish. I love yeah. them. Their their dynamic was really cute. Um, Jasmine Cephas, yeah, uh, who who plays uh, uh, Issa's coworker, mm-hmm. uh, Kelvin Harrison. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think they she really did. He plays she, Lakeith's coworker. He plays she he plays Lakeith's coworkers. <laughs> Courtney B. Vance. I think. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, she said it's great. It was great. It was great casting. I thought it was great casting. It was great storytelling. It was great writing. It was great directing. It's just a really a well really done, really well crafted film. And I need y'all to get out and support it on Valentine's Day you is do. when it's released. Get out and support it. It's released by Universal Pictures. Please, please, please. Straight up your... good love story. No Black Lives Matter subplot. No, none no, of that. No it's extra just, agenda. It's no just politics. Straight up love story. Straight up love story. Just straight up love story. Yeah. And it's it's and there's like a whole rain situation. Well, y'all know. <laughs> y'all y'all will see it. It's great. It was really wonderful. Um, the next film I want to talk about. Did you see? You didn't happen to see Downhill, did you? I did not see Downhill. So I want you to tell me. So about let it. me tell you about Downhill. So Downhill is. Starring Julia Louis Dreyfus and Will, which I love and Will Ferrell, yeah. And so naturally, you would assume that you have these two powerhouse comedy people, and you see the the trailer, you think, oh, this is probably like some goofy, corny mm-hmm. Will Ferrell comedy. Yeah, not so. It is a film that is a searchlight pictures. I, it's hard to say because I'm used to saying Fox Searchlight. Right, right. It's a Searchlight Pictures film. It is directed by Nate Faxon and Jim Rash who are oftentimes associated with comedy as well. Yeah. But this is Downhill is the title Downhill is a double entendre because what's happening in this film is that they go on vacation. There ends up being an avalanche and instead of Will Ferrell's character staying to protect his family he runs. Mm. And 
that starts the film. Well, that well, no, that starts the film, and so the kids are feeling some kind of way about the fact that their father left them to die. Mm -hmm. The wife is feeling some kind of way about it, and so this is a story about a marriage that is going downhill, Mm. literally. Wow, just like going down the slopes. Wow, wow. And you wouldn't expect that. I feel like stories about marriage are doing really well. Yeah, right now because everybody can relate to that. Everyone. Well, there are. There's a. I didn't see. I've never been married, never been divorced, but obviously I saw the marriage story, Mm -hmm. and I thought the dynamic of these two people and just falling out of love, uncoupling what that feels like, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I could relate to, obviously, people that I knew that were going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. One friend in particular really loved it. Shout out to Jamal Finkley. I know he <laughs> won't mind that we're saying that he's divorced, but he loved it. But obviously, because he was going through a divorce, he just felt like it was so on point. And, and this is the other thing, too. If you are a child of divorce, like if you are uh, someone whose parents were divorced, then yeah. you can relate to it from that vantage yeah, point too yeah. because they do have a child in the movie and you get to see you know how his reaction is to that he acts out right you know which yeah. a lot of kids do because i'm a i'm a product of divorce and i acted out yeah when my mother and father got divorced yeah. oh i was the worst child ever on the face of the planet yeah, yeah. i'm not even gonna act like i was good i was right. not and i regret that i regret that i i regret that i was that kid that was unknowingly impeding my mother or my father's happiness. Yeah. Like, I hate that I did that. But they, they turned out okay. Yeah. They're fine. So when does this come out? When does Downhill come out? Because I Downhill definitely Downhill comes see out on Valentine's Day as well. Mm. And it's a Searchlight Pictures film, like I said, directed by Nate Faxon and Jim Rash, starring nice. Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell. Now, I know we both saw Birds of Prey. Yes, I'm, I'm rocking my Birds of Prey. She is rocking her Harley Quinn yes, okay. t-shirt and her necklace. It says Bruce. I don't know if you guys can see that. No, Charlie, I can't see this they behind the microphone. The- Okay, She's just, like, look, I'm gonna get on the microphone so you can a, see. It's, it's like a dog bone, and it says Bruce. You kind of, I don't have to even tell you why. If you're a fan of this whole genre of DC comics and know where Harley Quinn comes from, yep. then you'll totally understand. Yeah. Uh, but her pet, the hyena, that's his name. Oh my god. Yes. And Let's it's just, just talk a about the fact film. that she has a pet hyena. I saw that, and at first I was like, is that a wolf? Is that a coyote? And then I saw the spots. I'm like, oh damn. This doll has a hyena for a pet. I'm like, she's special. She's She's special. She's a special kind. She really is. What I, (laughs) I, I mean, at the heart of this film, it's a breakup movie. We're just talking about how the marriage story and the and downhill at the heart of it's uh, about a marriage. This is about a breakup. This is about a girl and how she really transforms out of this breakup. Um, and really the the warrior she becomes. Right. Yeah. We thought Harley Quinn was badass before, but what this breakup does for her Mm -hmm. and to her. Is so hilarious and fabulous. You know, it's the emancipation of Harley Quinn. It is. And yeah. so the full title is Birds of Prey, the Fantabulous Emancipation of the of one, one, Harley. Of one Harley Quinn. Yes. So let me just tell you, there is a scene, and this is not going to ruin anything for y'all, right? But there is this scene, the action scenes in this film are bananas. Like, Journey Smollett is freaking she's killing so it. She's so kick-ass, Like, right? she's somewhere between, like, Jim Kelly and Enter the Dragon and Uma Thurman and Kill. Bill. She is. She is cr- and, and like a little bit of Pam Greer from them black exploitation <laughs> movies mixed right, in there. Right, yeah. She you know is I mean? giving you 70 sexy, right? She is. Yeah. She's giving you all of that but I kind of love her. And then we got Ian McGregor who is just corny and silly and he embodies everything about cartoon villains that you hate and love all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And he does such a great job with the balance of that. And then we have... <laughs> We have Mary Elizabeth, Elizabeth Winstead, who is playing the Huntress. Yes. And this child is trying to be so ba- just so badass, but she 
she's having a hard time because she can't really, whenever she says her name, nobody takes her seriously. Right, right. And she gets like all upset about it. It's pure comedy. Love it so much. And then the little Asian girl that's in it, I can't remember her name. Uh, I do have her name. Hold cool. on, because she is so cute. She's wonderful. And she plays she plays this diamond-eating pickpocket where the whole... And she plays Cassandra Kane, and the whole yes. story revolves around her. Yeah. But having said all of that, there is this scene where R- Margot Robbie is in roller skates. She's on these roller skates, and she does a backflip from oh, in honey. front of this car onto the hood of the car and roller skates. I was there for all of that right there. I just like action sequences when it comes to comic book movies. I do, too. So the young girl's name is Ella J. Basco. Yes, that's it. Um, Chris Messina is also in it. Yes. He's, he plays Ewan McGregor's sidekick of sorts. Um, I love the film, too, because I thought that there was so much diversity in it. You have all these women. They're so different. And I think there's a good representation of what we as women look like, our girl squads and our crew. Sometimes we all don't look the same. We nope. all aren't of the same age yep. demographic. And mm-hmm. I thought that the casting was so important and spot on mm-hmm. in the way in which they made sure that they touched on so many different It was aspects. different types of women. Yeah, yeah, a lot of different types of women. Um, I also just loved that the story seemed like it was trying to be um, relevant, you know, in, in this time period. Obviously, we know it's set in Gotham City, but it just seems so right now from the songs to, you know, the way in which um, the set was dressed. It just seems so... Um, and they were pulling for, from right now mm-hmm. um, instead of trying to take you into some type of created comic mm-hmm. book world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously we have an, uh, a female director in the film. Kathy all, Yan. Kathy Yan. Mm-hmm. And so many points of the film, you could just tell there was it was infused with so much femininity. You know, from them, you know, there's one funny part where she needs a hair scrunchie, which I think we've all been in that moment, or a hair tie. Because it's like, yes. listen, let me tie my hair up. Yes. And then I could get down to business. And I, I think so that's so true. To interrupt. I mean, I just wanted to say in honor of a hundred episodes I just wanted to say oh no thank you Thank you for allowing me to be uh, producing a majority of your episodes. Oh, so I just sweet. wish for a hundred more and just Oh, why are you trying to make me cry my lashes off? That <laughs> oh, is not hot. So sweet. Oh, thank you, Josh. They love me here. I'm so excited. Oh, so thank cute. you. And a card and some, and a card. And some chocolate. And well, some chocolate. Well, I love chocolate for the chocolate. Yes. Hey. hey. But anywho, we, back to back to business. <laughs> we absolutely- back to business. Obviously, we love Birds of Prey. We think we it was love a Birds of fun, Prey, fabulous is, film. Which is hilarious because the reviews from guys are like, uh, and, and I take that back. It's not just from guys, but there's some girls too that are kind of hating on the Birds of Prey. I've seen, I've seen and some like, of that. I'm yeah, that. I'm not having that I either. I like Margot Robbie. I think she is one of the most underrated actresses in Hollywood. She can do anything. I mean, this girl was on roller skates this time, and I Tanya Miss Thing was playing Tanya yeah. Hardy and ice skates and was doing all that ice skating herself. Like, come on now, y'all got to give Margot Robbie some props. And she actually, she told me that and she, produced the movie, and too. she produced the movie. But she also said that most of the women in the film and everyone involved in the film, they had about five months of like stunt training. They got you know got a chance to work out and really get themselves in shape for the film. She was recording bombshells, so she didn't have that time. So 
she literally popped over into this film. She made about two or three weeks to get in shape, to come out of her character from Bombshell and to get into Harley Quinn. Look, and get, that's, now get that's in bad. Shape. And that's badass. That's a so, bad doll right Round there. of applause to Margot Robbie yes. because she pulls it off. Yes. Miss one Margot Robbie, you did yes. it, girl. I cannot wait to watch this back to see what the look on my face was when Josh came up oh in here. Oh my gosh. I was like, so I, was like is he, I, I was like, is he going to tell me that we didn't record? Like, I, was, I was about to be hot. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Birds of Prey is already out. If you haven't gone to see it, don't listen to the critics, even though no. we are critics, no. but we're telling you to go see it. Yes. It's fabulous. Warner Brothers Pictures is in theaters right now, right now, right now. All right, some updates on the Oscar situation. So, Toy Story 4 has won for animated Yay. feature. Parasite won for original screenplay. Bong Joon-ho. Yay. Woo-hoo-hoo. I would. I can't wait to see what his translator has to say. I'm going to do a story on her. I cannot wait to see because she's hilarious. She translates for him very well. She the speech that he did well via her at the AFCO Awards was really great. Actually, Look, yeah, it's hilarious. Her name is Sharon. Yeah, just so that y'all know. Um, uh, Jojo Rabbit won for best adapted screenplay. So that's the update on the Oscar situation right now. Oh my gosh! And then the show uh, is moving right along. The moving is yeah. I'm yeah. like, well, good. well, you know, that's what happened when you don't have no host. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that, right? But um, we did see they brought out Steve Martin and Chris Rock uh, when I a little bit earlier. Yeah, right the, before we started. Yeah, right before yeah, we yeah, started. Yeah. So I think they are going to try and infuse some folks from the past. Some comedy. They did that yeah. last year too, and yeah. that seems to work best. I and, do too. I think and you so. know what? At the end of the day, it saves ABC a grip of money. So they there's said that no too. host, no problem. They were, okay, and so there's that hashtag that part. That part. <laughs> Um, thank you, Brandon. Brandon told me the Toy Story and Hair Love one. I've already reported that, but thank you, Brandon. I love you much. Um, so this week, it was an exciting week for a variety of reasons here in Los Angeles. If you live here, was a lot of Oscar stuff going on. Me, myself, I co-hosted a, um, annual Oscar party for Emily's List, which is an organization that empowers and encourages and supports women that are running for political Mm -hmm. office all over the country. So I co-hosted their brunch for them this week. I did the Spirit Awards. I did an Oscar talk that was a tribute to John Singleton for AFCA at Emerson College. Very nice, yeah. I was at KCRW with Madeline Brand. You were getting it in, girl. I know, girl. I was at KCRW with Madeline Brand doing press play. And I had my first byline show up in this week's issue, the one with Liz Minnelli on the cover, y'all. Liz Minnelli is on the cover. I have my first byline article in Variety. It is about production designer Nelson Coates, who is the production designer behind the looks for Crazy Rich Asians and In the Heights, which is coming to a theater in June of this year. So you've had a fabulous week. Some was, people do all of that in a year, and you did it all in a week. Girl, so I was, shout out! I to was you. broke down, but I say all of that to say that with all of those wonderful things going on, there were some not so lovely things that happened. Like um, we had to say goodbye to actor Robert Conrad, who people will know from his role on Wild Wild West on television. We had to say goodbye to Orson Bean, who unfortunately yesterday was struck by um, a a a car twice and was killed on the second hit as he was trying to cross the street to see his wife in a play. So, so incredibly tragic. Um, And in Venice, California, we say goodbye to Kirk Douglas who turned 103. Kirk Douglas lived a long life. A long time and did some fabulous work. He did some fabulous work. I mean, he, he won the, the Oscar for Spartacus. He, 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 the person that wrote the screenplay for Spartacus is named uh, Trumbo. Uh, I can't remember his first name, but Trumbo is his last name. And he 
was the person that insisted that his name be put on the screenplay to end the blacklist mm. in Hollywood. So people credit him with ending the blacklist in Hollywood, the, the the communist, you know, Hollywood 21 thing that was happening. He didn't end it, but his actions helped kind of spearhead it right, a little right. bit. So, and he's also the father of Michael Douglas and Cameron Douglas. So we said goodbye to him. And then yesterday we said goodbye to somebody. I'm about to cry. Somebody that I personally adored because when I started in the industry, I started as a dancer. And one of the dancers that I looked up to immensely and so incredibly fiercely was this woman named Paula Kelly. Mm -hmm. And Paula Kelly was known for being a Fosse dancer. She was in Sweet Charity. She did a couple of films for him. But she was known as a Fosse dancer. She did a lot of variety shows in the 70s with Sammy Davis Jr. and all those other people of color that were popular and and, um, on television quite a bit at the time, like Pearl Bailey, Louis Armstrong, all those people. But she was a fabulous dancer, so tall. So gorgeous, so just her body was just insane. But we lost her at the age of seventy six yeah. yesterday. So so interesting. I so I covered Black Women in Hollywood, Essence uh, Black Women in Hollywood event on Thursday morning, and um, I decided to ask all the women on the carpet because it was Black Black History Month, but also because we're celebrating Black women. Uh, if there was a woman in Black history that they would love to play, mm-hmm. so I got great answers. Um, you know, uh, Eva Marcel. Uh, that's on uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta uh-huh. told me she would love to play Vanessa Williams. Uh, Garcelle Bouvet said she wanted to play Diane Carroll. Risha uh, Webb said, you know, uh, honey, I'm at to get my vocals together, but I want to do Diana Ross. <laughs> and then Loretta <laughs> Devine said she wanted to play Paula Kelly. Aww. And she took a moment to educate, you know, us. She was like, About I don't know Paula if you know Kelly. who she was. Yeah. And so, so interestingly, because... 48 hours later, I'm looking through my phone and, and time, timeline to see that she passed. So hopefully Miss Loretta Devine, who we know can, she can play any and everything and everybody gets a chance to play her. I think that would be fabulous. You know, Paula Kelly was no joke. And she paved the way. She, I'm so emotional. She paved the way for somebody like me mm-hmm. to live their dreams out on Broadway. Like, I wouldn't have been able to be a little brown girl that wanted to be a dancer on Broadway had it not been for somebody like Paula yeah. Kelly and um, Nina Mae McKinney and all those other people that, in between, Josephine Baker, all of those women paved the way for me to be able to do that, just like, you know, the Oprah Winfrey's and the Robin Roberts and all those people are paving the way for us to do this. Yeah. So yeah. I would be remiss in not acknowledging and giving her her life some light and some love here at the curvy critic so sweet what you got going on next week girl rest i hope (laughs) that i can sleep a little but that's not happening um next week i will definitely be seeing some films as a matter of fact on monday i'm going to see um a scary film it is uh the lodge the no it's the other one fantasy island Oh, the I saw house. the I saw the commercial for that. I'm like, yeah, I can't mess with that. I don't normally <laughs> like to do scary films, but um, I do like to do them if that makes sense. Like I have this love hate relationships with re- relationship with thrillers, so I just need to be near someone so I can like put my head in their shirt. But I still <laughs> like it. I still like watching them. So I'll see that on Monday and then cover the junket on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe there are some other films that I've got to catch during the course of the week. Okay, yeah. I'm catching Call of the Wild mm-hmm. with Harrison Ford, Ford rather. Yes, and um, they have an, yet another reboot of <laughs> Emma. Really? <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. But it's hella funny. It's hella funny. Hella funny. I love it so much. But I'll be talking about those two and catching some 
much need disease myself. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And I think what well, I was gonna air an interview. See, my eyelashes trying to come off and attach to my hair. I got too much going on. Um, I was gonna try. I did an interview with Harry Lennox. He has something called H four, which is Hamlet the Hamlet Henry the Fourth, um, that is streaming right now. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed him. him can't talk today. I interviewed Harry Lennox about Henry the Fourth, which is streaming right now, and I wanted to have that interview ready for today. But I knew that these other things were going to take up a lot of yes, time, yes. and so and and they're in real time. So I wanted to discuss them. But I'll probably play not not probably I will play the interview with Harry Lennox next week. So we'll have nice. that where he's talking about Henry the Fourth, and um, we might have somebody else in the studio. Um, there's some director people that have said they want to come by so we'll work that out that's great so jess thank you for joining thank me you, girl. thank you for having this me really so this is fast. really fun and i'm so happy i got to be here on this milestone of a, of a day this is great this episode is so <laughs> special and i'm a part of it it is special and, I, and in honor of the oscars and my 100th show i wore my tadashi shoji dress you bet you it's you. You guys have to see. Y'all, so post I'll, a take picture, a pic, I'll, I'll take a picture yes. so that y'all can see. It, but Matadashi Shoji dress. This it's was the dress fierce. I was supposed to dance the tango in with a commercial that I did with Kevin Spacey five thousand years ago. But that's that. Where can everybody find you on social media, girl? At Jazakai at J A Z Z A K A I. That's my handle for social media. All uh, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. It's just Jasmine Simpkins. And y'all can find her on the red carpet repping Hip Hollywood, y'all. Yes, and I also have been <laughs> contributing over at KTLA. Um, on their uh, KTLA 5 Live, a digital show that comes on at 12 o'clock and 2 o'clock daily, but I will post on Twitter and Instagram the days that I'm on. So thank you for having me. Oh, girl, my pleasure. And you guys can find me here every Sunday, whether I'm in the studio or not, at The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata at Black Hollywood Live, a little after the 5 o'clock hour. Right after this, normally, we would be doing the GH report for General Hospital. But my friend Frank has um, his kitty passed away today. Aww. So we, we're going to give some, give him time to grieve his kitty. And we'll be back with y'all next week for that. You can catch me every Thursday on Superstore at NBC. Well, not every Thursday, but every once in a while you can catch me at Superstore. I recur over there. Um, and check me out in Variety, y'all. I'm in Variety. And of course, anything that we talk about Written-wise, in terms of reviews here, you can always go to thecurvyfilmcritic.com or on Rotten Tomatoes and catch my reviews there. So, until the next time, love, peace, and hair grease, and I will catch y'all on the flip side. Peace! From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro. BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content, and be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. <laughs>